Assalamualaikum everyone. Welcome to another episode of our Quran journey where we explore and reflect on the secret verses of the Holy Quran through Quran tagging, Quran journaling and tadabur. As we are not trained and qualified asatizas, we do not do our own tafsir of the verses that we have selected. Our discussions are aided by tafsir resources and videos. Alhamdulillah, we are now in April and inshallah, we will meet Ramadan really soon. So usually in the last few months before Shawwal, the Eid preparation will have already started for some families. But with the current COVID-19 situation, we have been encouraged to stay indoors and avoid crowds. So this means that a number of entrepreneurs have set up or are planning to set up their bazaar online and promoting sales for Hari Raya. Who doesn't love sales, right? But sales means spending. So how do we ensure that we do not go overboard with our spending, be it for shopping or even for services? Tonight, we will have Mirta leading the discussion on spending responsibly. So over to you, Mirta. Okay, thank you, Raf. Um, so today I will be touching on Surah Al-Fultan, which is the Surah number 25. And I will be focusing more on the verse 67. So Al-Fulqan means the criterion and the Quran has been called Al-Fulqan because it is the criterion for judging right and wrong, virtue, advice, truth and falsehood. Okay, so the first part of the surah deals with the doubts and objections that were being raised against the Quran and the prophethood of Muhammad and his teachings by the disbelievers of Makkah. In it answers to each and every objection that have been given and the people have been warned of the consequences of rejecting the truth. Actually, even today when non-Muslims mock and question the Quran, Nabi Muhammad or the Sunnah, this surah can help us to answer these questions and to see how we can talk to them. So in the second part of the surah, which I'm focusing on, in particular verse 63 to 75, the Quran tells us a couple of qualities of true servants of Allah. One, being humble, in the Quran says, and the servants of the most gracious are those who walk upon the earth in humility. Two, being forbearing or patient, and when the ignorant address them harshly, they say words of peace. So, for example, when someone makes fun of them, insults them or hurts them, they don't strike back or seek revenge. They forgive and overlook. Number three, devotion in tahajud. And those who spend part of the night to their Lord prostrating and standing in prayer. So, the true servants of Allah pass their nights in worshipping and remembering Him as much as they can. Number four, fear of Allah's punishment. Those who say, our Lord uh, avert us from the wrath of hell. Indeed, its punishment is a grievous affliction. Evil indeed it is as an abode and as a place to rest in. Okay, so for true servants of Allah, hell fire is not just a theoretical concept, but a reality. Uh, number five, moderation. Those who, when they spend, are not extravagant and not miserly, but hold a balance between those extremes. Number six, one who doesn't sin. And those who do not invoke with Allah any other God or kill the soul which Allah has forbidden to be killed, except by right, 
and do not commit unlawful sexual intercourse and whoever should do that will meet a penalty. Multiplied for him is the punishment on the day of resurrection and he will abide therein in ignominy, which means like humiliation. Number seven, Taubah, continuation from number six, except for those who repent, believe and do righteous work. For them, Allah will replace their evil deeds with good and ever is Allah forgiving and merciful. Number eight, one who doesn't lie and they are those who do not testify to falsehood. The prophet said, I guarantee a house in the surroundings of paradise for a man who avoids quarreling even if he were in the right. A house in the middle of paradise for a man who avoids lying even if he were joking and a house in the upper part of paradise for a man who made his character good. Number nine of a true servant of Allah, steering away from evil conversation. So, and when they pass near ill speech, they pass by with dignity. Here what it means is the true servants do not take part in gossip or obscenity or foul language. Even if they overhear or chance upon it as an observer, they would walk away. Number 10, accept guidance. And those who, when reminded of the verses of their Lord, do not fall upon them deaf and blind. So the true servants of Allah do not behave like the blind and the deaf towards the revelations of Allah when they are recited to them for their admonition, which means like kalau orang tegur, you do not like, uh, just ignore lah. And they do not turn a deaf ear to their teachings and message and do not deliberately close their eyes to the signs that they are asked to observe, but what, but are deeply moved by them. They follow and practice what they are enjoined and refrain from what is forbidden. Number 11, turning to Allah. The most distinctive characteristic of the true servants is their eagerness for prayer to Allah. In verse 65, their prayer for their own salvation and in verse 74, their prayer for their wives and children have been cited. Our Lord make our wives and children true believers so that they should practice righteousness and become a source of comfort for us. Their prayer shows that the true servants of Allah are more concerned about the salvation of their beloved ones in the hereafter than the enjoyment of the world. Okay, so there are many verses in the Quran itself that tell us what kind of qualities we should strive to have to attain Jannah. But however, for this podcast, I want to focus on number five, moderation. Allah also says in Surah Al-Araf, verse 31, O children of Adam, take your adornment at every masjid and eat and drink, but be not excessive. Indeed, he likes not those who commit excess. Verse number 31 of Surah Al-Araf. Okay, so according to Islam, extravagance is one, to spend even the smallest amount of money in unlawful ways. Two, to go beyond one's own resources in expenditure, even in lawful ways, or to spend money for one's own pleasure. And three, to spend money in righteous ways, but not for the sake of Allah, but for mere show. Okay, so, but on the other hand, someone is easily if he does not spend money on his own needs and requirements and those of his family with what he has, his resources and position, or if he does not spend money for doing good. 
personally, I used to always browse shopping apps on the train to work or before going to sleep or even just waiting for a parcel delivery every other day. So there was never a night I wasn't browsing on shopping apps. Then it also doesn't help that Zalora, Fashion Valley or ASOS keep sending emails and notifications every other hour about other any other offer. And the thing is, I realized I was well aware of this addiction. So like, is there still room in my wardrobe for another dress or top? Or do I need so many shoes? Do I need so many tudongs? Okay, so I always have these thoughts. But every time, I still hit checkout. <laughs> so, so in some cases, or in some cases, I try to justify my buying. Okay, but the light at the end of this is somehow once I started growing closer to Allah Ta'ala, by His grace, like this, uh, just stop. So instead of browsing online shops, right, like now we, most of us, like listen to kutbas or talks and doing something more meaningful with our time. Lah. So now, like, we think back about all the money we spend, right, or I spend, like, could that money instead be used for sadaka? For me, I think I'm still a bit poor on giving to charity, either with money or time. But I believe like other forms of sadaka, like treating friends and family to a meal or sharing food with neighbors are charitable deeds as well. So anyone have any similar experience to share? I think for for me, um, sadaka has to be something intentional. Uh, and of course, it has to be sincere also and not something that I'm, I am doing for, say, oh, because I want to, uh, I want to pahala, uh, you know, I want to, I want to, you know, I want to get the recognition. So, you know, I must sadaka to, to some, to maybe to someone or even to an organization, that kind of thing. But, um, because it doesn't come, okay, I won't say it doesn't come naturally to us, but I think, we we for for me it it's not something that i do consciously all the time so it has to be i have to remind myself to to be you know to or rather that it has to be intentional i have to remind myself that you know um i need to sedaka because in my rezeki that i get is someone else's rezeki as well so I cannot be thinking that each time I get my salary each month, oh, all this money belongs to me. There has to be someone's rezeki in there. So it can, you know, it can be uh, to treat my parents, to treat my siblings, or or you know, or even to to donate to to someone. Yeah. Okay. So for the rest of us, I'm just wondering, like, um, what what's your experience with uh spending, uh, whether you have had um, you have previously also like Mirta, you know. Um, have been spending irresponsibly um, and then, you know, realize that all those money that you have spent, you know, could have been to, you know, could have been put to better use. I I actually tried going on a no-buy much. Difficult. It was difficult because like, yeah, like Meta said, because every day you will get emails saying there's 60% here, 70% there, free shipping here. And then, like, you follow them on social media, right? And then that's why we spend most of our time on when we're on our phone. So, like, eh, this is nice, ah. And it's airy, right? So, like, Shaitan's so clever. He, they will make you think that, eh, this, this dress is good for me to wear because loose, right? 
So, so they will make you feel like, yeah, I need to dress. Uh. And then you see other people wearing it, so nice. So I need it also. So like, but actually, if you think about it, you don't really need it lah. Because yeah lah, you have a wardrobe full of clothes. And like, at the current financial climate, we are forced to live within our means. And I think after a while, everyone will start to realise that, yeah, actually, we don't really need this. We don't need to buy this and that. And that whatever that Allah gives to us is exactly what we need. Nothing more, nothing less. Like exactly what we need. Like uh, we can we can don't buy things, and it, and it will still be okay. And also another thing I find that uh, I was really I was watching the 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 videos that Mita linked up is that we need to change our perception of success, and I think is that really also because uh, in this day and age, um, success to most of us would mean like a big house, a nice car. Uh, nice jobs like I don't know managers, CEOs, directors, founders of your own startup company. You want you want jobs with nice sounding <coughs> titles, uh, and that's how we measure success these days. A beautiful wardrobe, um, but but as Muslims, uh, we are given clear directives or we are given clear glasses by Allah, and we are being shown the way um, that success don't only mean worldly things, lah, like. Um, big houses, special jobs and everything. But if you've been blessed with those, then Alhamdulillah. So the example that they give was um, take Fir'aun for example. Uh, he has a big castle, he has money, he has treasure, he has power. But is he successful? He, he's not. Uh. In fact, he is one of the biggest losers. Uh, because where is he going to end up in hellfire? And then we take uh, Nabi Ibrahim alaihi salam. He was kicked out of his house. He's homeless. But is he successful? Yes, he is. He's one of the most successful people in this world. Lah. Because prophet, they of course must be successful, right? So yeah, success has nothing to do with wealth. And failure has nothing to do with poverty. So once we change our mindset, then we feel like, okay, maybe I don't need to buy this to, you know, like, macam show that I have, I don't know. Yeah, so... Maybe, yeah, if we spend, if we change this mindset, then inshallah we can train ourselves to spend less and like flaunt wealth less like, in, in a sense. So excessive behavior in, in Islam is quite rough. It's um, exceeding limit in spending with least of purposes, which leads to ignorance. So at the end of the day, spending irresponsibly is just purely ignorance. But of course, you must also find good balance for yourself and your family. You cannot um, be so stingy, like go to the... Um, supermarket and like instead of buying 10 kg rice that you need you buy five first like we don't really need 10 kg but yeah we do lah because we family lah uh, I, I am left to think that all this while all the money that I spent on all this baju and other nonsense could I, could I have actually spent it on like uh, gaining knowledge all those courses that I wanted to go and then like macam alah tak ada duit lah but like actually the money already went somewhere Somewhere that is not useful at all. So yeah, I could have, I could have spent that money on courses, guys. So yeah, anyway. Also, um, again, I went to that uh, Al-Barza class, right? So Ustaz Taufik says that debt has an effect on afterlife. So we absolutely have to settle that. If we take debts lah. So um, debts is not encouraged in Islam. And because it has an effect on afterlife, if you cannot pay for it, like you cannot enter Jannah if you haven't paid your debt. Yeah, so thank you, Farah, for sharing with us. I think for, for me, I resonate with you as well. 
I bought so many rubbish over the years. Thinking back, each time I do my spring cleaning and then, you know, I'm do, you know when I donate to others, right? I, I thought back to myself, like, I could have used all this money for other things, you know, or right. was my savings. Like, kenapa ni beli benda-benda merepek tak habis-habis? So, of course, you end up throwing it. Yeah. So, um, Alhamdulillah, I think I've, um, I, I've done better this year. Uh, I think it also helps when you have uh, a partner who's also on the same wavelength with you lah, uh, to, you know, to encourage you to not spend too much. Yeah, but um, I think in this age of social media, um, it's also not easy. There's a lot of, um, um, how do I put it, a lot of um, dugaan on social media, you know, because we measure uh, a person's success on social media through what? They show us, you know, their their wealth, their branded bags, their branded scarves, their lifestyle, that kind of thing. But, yeah, it's it's hard not to yeah. want it to, especially when it's thrown in your face every single day. Yeah, correct. So um, but I think we also must remind ourselves that you know we need to spend within our means. Who are we living our life for? Is it to impress others, or you know, mm-hmm. or are we living it, you know, for 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 the sake of Allah lah, in that sense? So maybe we can hear from Nat. Uh, what are your thoughts uh, or even your experience uh, on, you know, spending responsibly? Okay, so like the rest of you, I do the same. And I always come up with excuses. Like, for example, this is really bad. Uh. Like, um, one of the reasons for buying a particular bag for me was like, oh, so that I can put, at the point of time, I wasn't wearing the hijab yet. So I said, oh, I can put my telekong inside. I can put, a, you know, a jacket inside. I can put my tudung inside just so I could buy the bag, just for an excuse for me to buy the particular bag. And then even for like buying clothes, I would say that, well, I've had a tough week, so I probably deserve it. So uh, I think it went on for quite a long while, only like I think um, recently after I wore the hijab, I cleared my wardrobe and I realised that I have a lot of clothes and shoes that I don't wear and I don't even sell it off, I just gave it away. And then after that, yeah, of course, like, I was spending way beyond my means. But then at the end of the month, I still found that I have, I still have money lah, alhamdulillah. So I, I figured that I need to stop. So nowadays, every time I want to buy something, I can just contemplate for a few days or weeks until, like, if the thing goes out of stock or the things get sold out, then I know that it's not meant for me. And I... I unsubscribe to all the emails, but I still follow certain shops. But then, but then when I look at it, I, I try not to. Um, I just come up with excuses so as not to buy. So instead of coming up with excuses, like oh, I should get this. I instead I come up with why should why I should not get those stuff, because like you know when you see influencers wear and say oh it looks so nice on them, I need to get it. But nowadays I just like tell myself no, it's the quality is bad. I need to wear it with so many layers. Like do I actually need that bag? You know, when you have so many bags and then at the end of the day, you just use that one particular bag or one particular shoe. So, yeah, it, I think it's something that all of us struggle in this day and age of social media, especially. Yeah, I think the reward system also is quite harmful. Uh. You just want yeah. to reward yourself after a particularly long day or like achieve something. I mean, if ice cream and all that is fine, uh, but material things must be twice. But yeah, I really recommend going on like no buy months. But it's important to know which ice cream you are rewarding yourself with. Hagendas, <laughs> Ben and Jerry's. Yeah. I find what helps for me is actually sleeping on my shopping cart. Uh, I, leave, I leave items in my shopping cart. 
and then I sleep on it the next day and then I will come back and ask myself, is this a need or a want? Mm. Yeah, so most of the time it's a want and then I will just clear my card and log off and feel sad about it mm-hmm. and then life goes on. <laughs> few months down the road, you'll be like, oh, actually I don't really need this or I'm sick of it or I can't really match this with anything. So that happens a lot to a lot of my shoes. I still end up wearing just that one particular shoe or just slippers in the end. Yeah, same. And then yeah. all my the clothes in my wardrobe, like some of them still have tags, still in the yeah. plastic. Yeah. I don't know what to do with them. Give away. <laughs> that's, that, that's what I did. I, it yeah. was really painful because it was all so expensive, but I gave it away. Yeah, I'm sure someone else will benefit from yeah. Yeah, what we give. I mean, it's not our risky, but it's probably someone else's risky mm. as well. So for me, uh, I think since I gained weight lah after getting married, then I realized that uh, it's hard for me to find things that I like. Uh, I mean, but I, I, me, I, 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 I'm a cheap. I like to buy things cheaply. I realized that cheap things last on me longer. <laughs> <laughs> so so um, I I been really reducing my spending lah since I got married. Uh, not conscious, not consciously, but because uh, of the my badan size lah. <laughs> so, uh, so far, kila I don't, I don't, I I'm not struggling with my spending yet lah. Yeah, oh, but, yeah, mm-hmm. it's just that I mean, no, because why you know, I I think I feel very sad when I see my mortgage on my POSB, apa tu? On my POSB app. So that reminds uh-huh. me ah. I must pay off my mortgage. <laughs> I think that spurs me on to not spend so much also lah. <laughs> yeah, so like, um, I mean, we kept talking about things that we we buy, right? I mean, how about services that we subscribe to? You see, like, like example, Spotify, YouTube family, that kind of thing. Are they really wants or needs? So like, okay, like yeah, each month... Don't, don't hate. <laughs> I mean, I, I subscribe to them. So, <laughs> macam every month, you know, sometimes I will ask myself, like, no, is this a need or one? But when I think about it, it's a need, you know, because, um, it, because of, of course, COVID, la, right? I, yeah, COVID, no, of I have to justify, I have to justify everything. <laughs> la. So, but yeah, you know, there are certain things that we don't need. Example, you know, like many, many years ago, before I got married, my handphone bill plan was, I think, about 80 plus dollars. So at that time, people will ask me like, uh, like, kenapa kau pakai mahal sangat? I think at that time because you know we don't have all these circles life and whatnot. Mm. So I thought it's I thought it's okay to spend the amount until much later when I got married and then I realized that eh, kenapa macam bengap sangat pakai plan mahal-mahal when I could have spent lesser. You know, every month I you know that thirty dollars could um you know could buy me a meal or two um you know maybe for for two or three days. Yeah. Same, same. I just, I just, uh, after so many years, just switched to the no contract plan. So I've been paying all along like $80. So now I've become a bit smarter. And now I'm paying only $25. Wow. Yeah, and I have a bit smarter. So I have stopped changing phone and just taken my dad's phone. His phone is new <laughs> lah. So I just like, whatever he buys, I just take. Like, so not fussy, you know, like you want the latest phone and all that. But what about food? Like, you know how we tend to spend on food? Yeah, I always, I will spend on food also. Mm. Yeah. I find that it's okay to spend on food, but which is bad lah. Because like, for example, each lunchtime, I can spend like more than $10 just on lunch. And then like breakfast will be like $4, for example. And then lunch will be another $10. That's like $14 just on 
breakfast and lunch. It's not even dinner yet. Mm, yeah, I take back what I said just now. Uh, I don't spend on clothes, but I spend a lot on food. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, like, you need to makan, right? Uh, okay. This one, uh, bubble tea lah, cheesecake lah. Takoyaki lah. Oh, that's right. Like, oh, they, they, never mind. Food, never mind. My food is uh, my sustenance. <laughs> Ironically, I spent on bubble tea tonight, which is, um, I think about five ninety. my bubble tea tonight. Mm. I could, mm. which I could not have spent at all. I just drink plain water, but uh, gatal kan, tegak nak minum benda manis. Yeah, then that, how to justify? Oh, self-care, self-care. I did very yeah. well. I, because of all the work from home, all the home-based learning, uh, never mind, self-care, self-care. <laughs> I mean, it's, um, it is inevitable that we spend, um, especially when it comes to, you know, like our services, shopping. Of course, we have to spend something. It's not that we cannot spend at all. Uh, you know, I mean, especially in this day, I mean, this uh, day and time, right? Um, ex- uh, standard of living is quite high. You know, our expenses is also has also increased. I mean, it's understandable that we spend, but... Um, I think we also need to be aware of what we are spending on mm-hmm. and not just spend lavishly and then mid, maybe mid-month after maybe a week or two after our salary we realise that eh, I don't have any money left. So macam kita apa kais pagi makan pagi that kind of thing. From what we discussed, I see that we all grow much more mature after we got married. <laughs> <laughs> same, same for me because my husband is the one that that uruskan all our finances ah. So he really have this sheet that he do on Google Sheet. So every time he spend on something, he will write in. And he will make me write it also. At the end of the day, every month we can see like how much how much we overspend or how much we underspend. Yeah. So that's the, how he track lah. Yeah. So for me, I, I don't have a habit of withdrawing money because I don't like to have money, uh, cash in my wallet. Uh, you know lah, takut hilang, that kind of thing. But there's also the downside to it lah that, you know, I keep swiping my my ATM card to the point that sometimes I didn't even keep track of my spending. Yeah. Although duit dah tinggal, you know, dah tinggal this amount when I could, I should have, you know, a, a higher amount lah in that sense. So what I realised, right, for my sister, she's, she seems to be good at keeping her money. She carries a, around a lot of cash. She hardly uses a card unless it's a large purchase lah. And even if she uses a card, it's a debit card most of the time. Unless it's like really, you know, the credit card has rewards or perks. So most of the time, she has cash on hand. Which unlike me, I find that, especially when you do a lot of cashless transactions, like you order things online, especially food and you order online, right? You tend to pay by card. So, um, like I try to limit myself to like $50 a week for my food. But because I always end up ordering food at work for everyone, so I end up just using my card instead of paying cash. Uh, so yeah, I find it difficult. So what I did was just to remove my credit card from all my accounts and just use my debit card now. So at the end of the day, if like I keep spending and I don't keep track, then I, when it can't spike anymore, means I don't have any money, then means I can't spend anymore. Yeah, so, so I guess that's one of, your, one of the ways that you try to curb mm. your spending. Yeah. So maybe I, I'm, I'm just curious how... For you know, for the rest of us, um, what are some ways that you you've tried tried and tested um, uh, to to curb your spending, or rather to for you to to remind yourself to spend responsibly? Maybe uh, I can we can hear from Ain. Ah, uh, okay. So 
what I works for me, right? Ah, uh, is to check my POSB app. Uh, every so often <laughs> to see how many much uh, how much money I have left. Okay, because it's good that um I put aside savings straight away. Eighty percent is sixty percent savings, twenty percent bills ah. Yeah, because I try to just make sure I save money lah. And because I don't find, I don't feel that I can find things uh easily. So I don't spend lah. So Unless it's like buy on my feet, then I buy. Can I so I think, you? Yeah, no, the thing is, is my personal, not personal choice. It, I turn out that way uh, after marriage. Uh, yeah, lor, I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's a good marriage. Makes you save a lot, no? Ain saving uh, good. Yes, inshallah one day we will reach mm. Ain's level of uh, savings. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean. Kaya lah. Ha, InsyaAllah, Alhamdulillah, huru, apa? Uh, moga-moga mulut you masin eh. InsyaAllah. <laughs> I'm going towards uh, Mirta's husband's direction that <laughs> I must be very uh, money-savvy. Ha. But I think it's about time lah. Because, right, because in our 20s, uh, we spend like no one's business. I got no savings at all. So, I think that is a turning point to me for me to realise that, eh, 20s, I spend spend so much on travels, on on on, on uh, vices. <laughs> so, I realised that, okay, I shouldn't have, I should have realised this way sooner, right after I was working. Okay, so I was working since 16. Since 16, then, I don't understand why I don't have savings at all when I turn 28. <laughs> so, can you imagine? Oh, yeah, so that thing... No, we all really got married. Oh, is it? Yeah. it sorry, yeah, I really now lah. So that's why I okay, okay, okay. No, no choice. No, no. Discipline myself lah. I just don't spend lah if I don't need to. Yeah, I think yeah. Most, most of us. I think even for me also. I I don't have savings until what? Maybe until when when I got married, or rather when when I have my own house, then mm. you know I realize the importance of having savings. Yeah, right. <laughs> Because I'm everything I have to pay for myself. I have to pay for myself. You know, macam dulu kan, uh, depend on, okay, I won't say depend lah, but you know, um, we cheap, uh, you know, we have our parents and siblings to chip in with the, with the house, how the, the bill. So, now it's all on our own pockets. Jadi rasa dia ni perit dia, Ishman. So, that's why mm, yeah. the savings. Yes. Thank you, Ayn, for sharing your tips with us. <laughs> <laughs> we try to be like you and then probably the highest uh the the end goal will be uh Mita's husband. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, Mita. So no now now that we talk, uh, I think Ain mentioned about your husband to you know she aspired to be like him. How about you? What are your what are your methods or rather things that you have tried uh to, yeah, to curb your spending? Yeah. Okay, so so what my husband taught me is not to take loans lah. So previously, mm. you all touch a bit on debt and loans. So, and sometimes we, in order to buy what we want, we use credit cards or installment plans, right? Then sometimes we hear of people who own like fancy cars or stay in big houses and then we think they are rich. But actually, those like luxuries may be paid by credit card. So in a way, they are accumulating a lot of debt as they are spending without any cash. So my husband always don't agree with taking loans 
So whatever it is, he will save up to to pay it. Yeah, that helps lah to like reduce our debt. But uh, that was bef- that was after I met him. But for me personally, I had one experience with debt that made me really avoid it at all costs lah. So like a few years back, I think around 2012, we had to work and study part-time, right? So as you know, university fees are like not cheap. So that time I took a DBS cash line loan of about 4,000. You may think it's only 4,000, but in the end, how much I ended up paying was almost 10,000 with interest to the bank. And then it took me about four years to clear the debt using money from every bonus I had. So every time bonus, it goes to paying this debt. After I closed the account, I was like really relieved of this burden. In one of the hadith, it said that our Prophet Nabi Muhammad did take loans from time to time. But in general, he was wary of it. Then he used to make a lot of doa against incurring overburdening debts. So maybe I read this doa to you. It says... O Allah, suffice me with that which is lawful against that which is prohibited and make me independent of all those besides you. So through this du'a, we ask Allah Ta'ala to help us pay off our debt using lawful and permissible avenues and not through impermissible resources and to make us dependent on Allah and no one else. That is the du'a to help you clear any debt. You all have any experience with debts that you want to share? Debts, yeah. yeah. I think for 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 us, it's uh, of course. Um, you know how. Uh, you know you know how. Okay, I I won't mention the name, ah, but um, there there is a department store that encourages people to take installment, right? Yeah. So I think uh-huh. I think most of us will know. <laughs> yeah. So um, at that time. Uh, my husband took, uh, I think, an, an item from them. Um, when when we, I think, over the years, as we paid off, or rather, as he paid off the 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 installment, he realized that he was actually paying, I think, twice, twice the amount of the original cost of the of the of the item, uh, which made us realize that yes, we you know the item, you know. By paying installment, we got the item immediately, but we are also wasting money by paying it installment when we could have save it, save money a bit more, maybe a bit longer, and then you know pay it off in cash instead of uh, taking the installment. Yeah, so that's one of our experience with that lah. Um, you know that we are spending so much and unnecessarily to um, to gratify, you no, know, to satisfy our gratification in that sense. I think for me, like, I only signed up for a credit card last year just because of the... And then after that, uh, so they basically, they gave me two credit cards. One for one is like a rewards card. So I started using it. So initially, I was very about paying off. And then subsequently, of course, you know, it got a bit... But then that's when I accumulated. So I tried to pay off as much as I could every month. But of course, I couldn't. So I decided to... So now... Thing whereby you can convert it into monthly installment if your your credit card debt gets like a bit high. So that's what I did. So um, and then 
uh, basically to stop myself from spending anymore. So I just cleared whatever that was because there's a maximum amount. So what I did was I just took the maximum amount and, and to pay within six. And then after that, uh, just paid off whatever's and then just not use the card anymore. Because I feel like the problem with all these things is that once you start using it, it will just, you think that you would pay it on time, but somehow it will just accumulate without you realizing so I think it's best that at all costs to avoid, even if you need to get is to only use it only when you really, really, really need it or only like, for example, like for petrol. And even then I would just, nowadays I'm very, uh, I'm really just about paying it off whenever I use for petrol. Yeah. So I think it's like you really have to be disciplined about it. I think if you need a credit card, like you can also find one that has a lower spending limit. Like last time, I used to use the City Clear. The spending limit was only five hundred, so you won't ever go more than five hundred dollars. Yeah, true. I think what I learned from, uh, from what my family has gone through is not to take a loan to pay another loan. I think it just gets you a deeper loan. Yeah. So uh, that's one of the like things that I learned growing up because uh yeah. My parents used to do that and then like you end up with a bigger loan. So now now that we, they've cleared all their debts, it's like they don't take a loan to clear another loan. Use your husband's credit card. <laughs> you control yourself. Like, do I really want to ask him to pay for me first? Maybe not. So no, you don't buy. Also, because it's your husband's credit card, he probably doesn't want you to pay interest, right? So you make sure you pay the full amount. Hmm. Thanks, husband, for making us all more mature and more responsible. My husband doesn't have a credit card. He wants to control the finances. So help me, God. Thank you. And helping us to control the finances as well. Inshallah, you rely on God, can one. Okay, so there's also one more doa that I want to share. It's a doa to give sustenance found in Surah Al-Imran, verse 26-27. Oh, no wonder... My husband name is Imran. That's why. Oh. <laughs> name your child Imran. Wow. Okay, so, so well, he really lives up to his values. Lah. Okay. So the doa is, <laughs> Oh Allah, lot of power and rule. You give the power to whom you please. You take away the power from whom you please. You give honor whom you please. You humiliate whom you please. All the good is in your authority. Surely you have power over everything. You make the night into the day and you make the day into the night. You bring out the living from the dead and you bring out the dead from the living. You give sustenance to whom you please without limit. Verse 26 to 27 of Surah Al-Imran. Okay, so like as we mentioned in our first podcast, right? Our very first podcast that to ask for Allah's help is to be grateful first. So this verse is to encourage gratitude to Allah. So that inshallah he will answer our prayers and increase our rezeki. Okay, thank you Marita for sharing the dua with us. We are also running short on time now. Yeah, so um, maybe we can, if we can just go one round to hear everyone's main takeaway from today's session. What's your main takeaway today? To me, um, like spend money within my means uh, not to not to be extravagant or excessive because it's haram and, but don't be cheap also don't like just grab the cheapest thing off the supermarket you know sometimes quality matters also 
um, and that I need to change my perception of success and my basically my whole entire perception towards shopping lah. I need to change my mindset so that I really start to prioritize my spending for things that I really need to uh, that I really need to buy or like. Uh, the amount of money that I need to save and not to say like oh never mind lah next month I can cover up patch up back uh, I don't think that's, that should be the way lah so yeah anyway I feel like gonna get my house key soon and Reno is coming that's like such a big expenditure so yeah I need to practice this guys okay my takeaway is uh, okay lah I should that uh, more take take this for granted lah so I made Uh, con, apa, consistency is the key. Okay, so I hope that uh, we all can strive towards managing our spending uh, better as we uh, as we mature. Okay, we can do this, girls. We yeah. will. Macam doa, doa, so that it works. Kalau tak works, also you let me know. I direct you to Lucky Mirta. <laughs> Uh, no problem, no problem. Usaha masih ada. If you okay. got no money, sell your house with realestatedebt.sg. Shout out to Andik, Imran. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, Nat. Uh, <laughs> okay, so for me, um, I feel that yeah, we are constantly worrying about money, but as long as we spend wisely and we show gratitude towards Allah, inshallah our rescue will always be there. Like, uh, yeah, I think for me is that I'm constantly worried about having money at the end of the month, but I also have to realize that I also have to spend wisely instead of just spending recklessly. Yeah, so if I am more mindful about the way I spend and I think also about giving more because I, to be honest, I haven't been donating or anything. Uh, I don't even... To be honest, I don't even give money to my parents. Um, they are still paying the bills for the house, and I think it's it's nice that they 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 um they know that I'm also struggling to save money, but I at the same time I'm also actually not doing anything about it. So I feel that I should work towards it because I have very understanding parents who don't expect anything from me because they are working and they're still they're actually in fact supporting the house. I mean the house is paid for, but yeah, the 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 other bills. So yeah, I. I should start. Um, I think this is a good reminder to start spending wisely and also have more savings, and and always show gratitude and thankfulness thankfulness for what I have instead of you know wanting more and more. Hmm. Inshallah. How about you, Rita? Okay. I think spending responsibility is about the balance. Like, if we can spend, we can also sedekah. So. It's better if we do it in equal measures, but yeah, maybe sedekah more so we get more rezeki back. Hmm. Yes. So um, whereas for me, um, my main takeaway is of course um, also uh, we don't spend excessively, but we also shouldn't be uh, stingy. So we have to find we have to consistently uh, find that moderation, uh, remain moderate in our spending as well. Yeah, so with that, thank you everyone for listening to our Talabu session. So if you like our podcast, you can subscribe to our Quran Journey on Spotify. Uh, we also post on Instagram in the same handle, our Quran Journey. I would also like to plug realestatedebt.sg, uh, Mita's husband, 
um, who will sh- who usually shares uh, financial tips or even real estate tips on his blog as well. Yes. So thank you, everyone. Uh, we'll see you again. We'll hear from you again next time. Bye. Bye. Assalamualaikum. Assalamualaikum.